Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Going Low, powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Kale Berger here with you, and we have quite the treat here for today's show. We're joined by Fred Funk, eight-time winner on the PGA Tour, nine wins on the PGA Tour champions. Fred, thanks so much for joining us this Saturday morning. Oh, my pleasure. Love it. You're in uh, Madison, Wisconsin right now, getting ready for the American Family Insurance Championship. What are the type of conditions out there in the course that you're expecting this weekend? I played the Pro-Am and on Wednesday, and the course is perfect. We were having good weather, unusually cold or cool, uh, down in the upper 40s at night, and then uh, a little breezy, but the course is dry and firm. It really needs some rain, but and the greens are hard as a rock and fast, so... That'll be the issue, I think, uh, scoring condition-wise. The fairways are perfect. They're running. The course will play shorter than probably normal. But uh, with the green so firm and fast, it's uh, going to be a test there to try to get it close to the hole and manage if you get on the wrong side of the hole. But it, we have enough movement on these greens where it doesn't make uh, putting that easy when they're this fast. Now, you've had a professional career that has spanned four decades. As I mentioned, you're on the Champions Tour right now. I'm curious, you've played with a lot of these guys for so long and some of the same players. What is the camaraderie like there on the Champions Tour, playing with guys you've known for, for four decades? Well, that's what it's all about. It's it's the, oh, golly, I'd say the the love and respect we all have for each other. It's uh, We've been together for a long time, uh, competing against each other, and the Champions Tour say, you know, we they say it's a lot more laid back than a regular tour, and it is because – We've known each other, and most of our guys out here have had good careers, and it's just kind of a bonus time for us. Yeah. Uh, yet we have competed our whole life, so we hate losing, and we don't like losing to our buddies, and we like to uh, you know get in get in contention and win. And uh, the talent level out here is really high. It always has been, but uh, right now it it's, might even be at the top level with the so-called young guys, the guys that are coming out the last three or four years with Patrick Harrington and Darren Clark and uh, Stricker, uh, Stuart Sink's just coming out, and you got Burek, and you know, all these guys are still at the top of their game, really, at their age, and uh, it, it's pretty fun and, and hard to win. Uh, so the competition is fierce, but the camaraderie, the respect we have, and it's just a big fraternity out here, and, and we I describe it as a traveling circus. We just take <laughs> our uh, we really do, we take our tour different cities every week it's as will say i'm never going to play that champions tour and then they come out and say oh my gosh it's a lot more fun and of course it's a lot more difficult than 
and set up. We averaged 7,100 yards out here, and people think we're playing at 66 and 6,700 yards, and we're not. And some of the courses we play are 7,200, 7,250. It's a really good test when we get a golf course out here, and and we play some really good ones. That that's fun in itself. And sometimes we just come back uh, when a PGA Tour event uh, runs out of steam. Like Firestone is probably the best example. When the tour left there, we just asked on a whim whether they would want us to come in, and they said, "Yeah, we'd love to have you." And we we came right in the next year. That is one of the sternest tests <laughs> that we have, for sure. But uh, it's a really a great gig. We all love it, and. We just don't want to, we just want to make it better and better. And, uh, you know, for me, this is, I'll be <laughs> hard to believe I'll be 67 in another week. Just can't believe I've been out on Champions Tour 18 years. It's kind of crazy. Well, I mentioned eight wins on the PGA Tour for you, none sweeter than 2005, the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. What do you remember most fondly about that win for you? I know that's one that you hold very near and dear, of course, also being the oldest winner of the Players' Championship at 48 when you captured that in 05. Yeah, that was a weird week because we had such bad weather. It rained and rained and rained all week long. And we only got 40 holes in in four days. And I had to play 32 holes on the Monday. That's a lot of golf. And we wake up Monday to crystal clear skies and the wind's blowing about. We had a 42-mile-an-hour gust that day, but they were blowing 30, 35 sustained wind. So it was a brutal test of golf, but it ended up playing right into my hands because I was hitting my little pea shooter driver out there pretty low and and uh, literally for the week. I never hit it in the high rough. I missed one fairway all week, and that was in the first cut. And uh, the Bombers that last day, I was playing with Adam Scott, who was defending champion, and Vaughn Taylor, and both are long hitters, and they hit the ball really high. And, and with the wind blowing that hard, it was easy to hit it in that high rough, and then you just couldn't do anything out of that stuff because they couldn't even get a mower on it all week long. Uh, it's been raining so hard. So they – or I'd say a lot of the guys really struggled with those conditions, and I ended up playing really well. And, you know, came out with the win, but we didn't repair. So we finished the third round and then we just stayed with the groupings and the leaders were all over the place. They were, you know, not in the final groups. You had leaders in the middle of the field. You had leaders at the top. And, and I think I was like the third or fourth to the last group. I think the third to last group were going around. And I think I was on the seventh hole. I was on the seventh hole of the fourth round. It was about three back. And I told my caddy, I said, uh, Hey, Mark, you know, I could still get in this thing if I make a few birdies. And he goes, well, it'll be a good time to start. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I made a 30-footer. 30, 30 then I made about a 30-footer again on eight. And then I birdied 10. And I birdied, made a great par on 11, the par five. And then I birdied 12 and 13. And all of a sudden, I had a three-shot lead standing on the 14th green. And then I proceeded to three-putt 14, 15, and 17. I two-putted 16 for birdie. But uh, that forced my hand on 18, where I had to had to make par and dodge Luke Donald and Scott Burplank uh, from making birdie on 18. And I I did. I had a the great up and down on on 18, and it was enough to win. So that was huge. Uh, obviously, my biggest win uh, on the regular tour, and something I I cherish. We're joined by Fred Funk here, eight-time winner on the PGA Tour here on Going Low 93.7 The Fan. You mentioned your your pea shooter driver there, and you that's kind of one of the hallmarks of your career you weren't the longest guy but some of your peers called you the most the straightest driver ever the most accurate driver ever what do you accredit that to as a guy that maybe didn't hit it like some of the bombers you said but being able to be so consistent and always find yourself in the fairway well one i can't you can't be short and crooked that's not a good combo the weeks i was short and crooked 
uh, that didn't work so well. Uh, but I, I always, I was self-taught, read a couple books growing up. One was the one moved to better golf. It was by Carl Lauren. And that kind of became my, uh, instruction man manual. And it was all about just turning the body and staying in posture and, and balance and not really having much, um, variation in the, from the backswing to the downswing. So I didn't have a, I had pretty much the same path coming through and trying to keep the driver on line as long as I could down at the bottom. So I never really developed a lot of lag or very much lag at all, unfortunately, but I was always really straight and I, it just carried over. I always tried to get longer and I just never could develop a lot of speed. And uh, it worked out. I, I was long enough back in the day when I was playing good and I was hitting the ball solid. I was long enough to where I could compete on most of the golf courses. But I was giving up a lot always in, in regards to the really difficult golf courses, the long ones, the U.S. Opens. I played good in a few U.S. Opens and PGAs where they were known for the, the high rough and everything. But I would stay out of the rough, but I still would have, you know, say a four or five iron into uh, par fours and trying to hold those greens and getting it close to the pin. It was a lot more difficult than the guys that are hitting, you know, eight irons, nine irons, seven irons where I was hitting three clubs longer. Uh, it's hard to beat guys like that unless I was hitting on all cylinders and getting up and down and taking advantage of the few opportunities I had in those kind of setups to um, get it close to the hole and make them for birdies. You know, one of the not only iconic moments of your career, but one of the funniest moments I think in golf involves you, Monica Thorenstam, and his skirt. Can you share the story? I only discovered this, the video footage of this recently. But I had to ask you, how did the skirt come about, you know, when she outdrove you? Can you tell me and walk me through that entire uh, kind of charade? And, and it even got Tiger chuckling on the green. No, it turned out to be great. It was just a bad bet on my part. <laughs> but I was playing in the skills challenge that year. And I was in the I was in the uh, skins game because I won the players. So that was always a spot. And that's how I got in. And so it was, uh, was going to be couples and Tiger and Annika and then me. I had this idea with Annika. I said, listen, if you had drive me, I'll put a skirt on if you wouldn't be offended. She says, get a nice one. I go, what do you mean? She says, well, I'm going to have drive you. And I just go, well, I didn't know you were cocky too. So, so anyway, I got a skirt and then I modeled it for uh, Tiger the day before we're out in Palm Springs. And I put it on and knocked on his casita door and he said, what do you think? And uh, he just starts laughing. He goes, man, this is going to be unbelievable. And, uh, and then I told him, I said, we, the line that he gave me on the green was kind of a setup by me. I just said, listen, you got to say like a ball out or something to help me line up the putt when it happens or if it happens. And uh, so the next morning they're wiring us up to go, you know, for live mics while we're playing. And, and we asked TV, can we say a ball out? I said, yeah, that's a golf term. You sure say that. So on the first hole, I hit as good a drive as I could hit. And the two balls were hitting right into the sun. And two balls down in the fairway are right next to each other. And I go, oh, crap, she's got me on the first hole. Well, I got her by about a yard and a half. And uh, I went, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so I get the three, and I had to hit into this hill. I didn't fly the hill on the par five. And ball stopped dead. And Annika hit her just a hot one that rolled up over, you know, rolled up the hill. And it was kind of a photo finish on whether she was really by me or not. But we gave it to her. That's my line anyway. And I put it on, and I worked for the rest of the hole. and then Tiger is already ready. I got about a 20 foot birdie putt par five and he's behind the hole and helped me line it up. And I'd squat down, like trying to be woman like and keep my legs together. And then I just kind of, you know, like a guy lines up and, you know, spread my legs. And I said, Tiger, what do you think? He said, I think it's one, no two balls out. 
<laughs> and he delivered he delivered that line so good it was hilarious and i'm laughing tiger's laughing like crazy and and Annika, I look up to see where Annika is, and she's walking the other direction. She didn't want any part of that part of the conversation. And Tiger won the first three holes because he birdied that hole. And then I won the last 15 and got $900,000 of it. So I had the last laugh. Yeah, I was going to say, not not a bad payday for throwing a skirt on. Yeah, that was pretty good. It, it actually was arguably one of the best moments ever in Skins history. And uh, it, it was fun. It, Annika's a wonderful, wonderful person. And uh handled that thing that situation really good but she knew she was going to drive me at some point and she did <laughs> just a, an awesome moment with you Annika and uh and Tiger uh, obviously crazy times in the world of golf uh what's transpired this week the merger with the PGA Tour and Liv I wanted to get your thoughts on that and what we've seen happen this week well I'd, unprecedented what just happened because of the secrecy that was behind it uh nobody knowing you got the Voices and faces of uh, the tour with Rory McIlroy and Tiger, uh, always chastising the the live and the Saudis and all that, which I thought was pretty hypocritical in, in that world. I think not that I support the live, but I understand why the guys went. I mean, how do you say no to that money? Yeah. And then uh, the tour had to. I think there's a lot of reasons it came about. It's just the secrecy of the whole thing and how Monahan kept it to themselves, developing this relationship with Live and and DP Tour and the tour coming together. I don't get it. I think any other CEO would be fired for the way that was handled. I'm also not an advocate of the new formation of the two-tier tour that they came up with, with um, you know the guys playing in the elevated events and then the second tier having a hard time getting in those elevated events and getting world ranking points and earning en- enough money to move up. It's going to be very difficult. So I don't like that. Playing limited, field, more limited field events and no cuts. Don't like that. So there's a lot of things I don't like. I never thought the wheel was broken a long time ago when uh, we used to just have our solid 125 and we played our season from January to November and just kept on going. And then we had two months off and then start over again in January. Why not go back to that? Just everybody lived together here at this point. But the secrecy that it went down and nobody knowing about it has just shocked everybody. Also, something that they said would never happen and now it's happening. Pretty tough on the guys that turned down the money and were towing the flag of the PGA Tour with them. And all of a sudden, uh, I think they got backstabbed. So I know it's strong statements, but it's a weird time how this is all going to unfold. Hey, Fred, before we let you run, uh, we're here talking to you here today, courtesy of our friends at MaxFly and, and Dick Sporting Goods. I wanted to ask you, there's so many different balls that are available now. I mean, the market is so oversaturated with different golf balls that people can play and choose from. What separates the Max Fly ball for you, and why is that the ball that you play? Well, hold on. That changed my hat. There you go. Oh, there it is, the Max Fly hat. <laughs> I didn't realize I didn't have it on. I was just sitting right there. Actually, uh, I had Max Fly come to me and said, we'd love for you to you know, play our golf ball and try it out. And I'm like, oh, golly, I'm now I'm definitely the shortest hitter on the champions tour with all the <laughs> injuries i have i said well i don't know about your marketing guy but all right i'll try it out and uh ended up it's a great golf ball there are three main balls the blue the black and the red are all different feels from soft to hard and, and little different spin characteristics so you can kind of customize your ball to that and the price points are really good and it's 36 dollars a dozen or something versus 55 60 and when i have it compared to Say the Pro V1 is obviously the, still the most popular ball. I have guys out on a tour, and we played last year a couple practice rounds out in Seattle. 
really hilly golf course and some great great driving golf course and i was hitting a couple different types i was still testing the max fly at that point i had billy andrade and doug baron and a couple other guys hit it hit the max flies next to their um, either callaways or their titleist and it performed at least as well if not better than uh their balls and they were kind of wowed by it but they're so locked into the you know the titleist that you know they said we're can't really switch we're not going to switch but the ball's really good and, and they go wow now i understand why you're you're playing it and you like it and it really is a good golf ball and it's been tested to the nth degree and and the scientists behind it have really put a lot of effort into making a top quality ball for for max fly to make a great comeback and i think it it'll be well recognized and then they have a great different colored balls and then they have uh you know great balls for the ladies they don't have to spend as much money to get a as good a golf ball there is out there, I, I believe. Thank you again to Fred Funk for joining us here on the show this week. Great stuff and great insight and stories uh, from him, especially that one uh, about Annika and uh, Tiger. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 